0: Hello. Hi there. How's it going? It is fine. Hmm. Hmm. Podcasting. Mm-hmm. You love it, don't you?
1: I mean What's not to love?
0: <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh in movies? Mm-hmm. Movies of movies varying quality and such.
1: <laughs> well, as I seem to recall, someone picked this movie that did not vary much in quality from the norm, I guess, for this podcast.
0: Yeah, I didn't put it on the list. I selected it from the list, but I didn't put it on the list.
1: Mm. An important distinction.
0: You know, it's, uh, it's the season or whatever. It's, the, it's, it's holiday time. Mm-hmm. Uh, We're talking about holiday movies of a reasonable length. <laughs> 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 for the Criteria.
1: Well, a funny story about that, listeners. Uh, when we initially set out to do the recording for this very festive occasion, uh, I rented the movie on iTunes and I was like, whoa, this is two hours. What happened? Because uh, I had put this on our list of things by uh, by runtime. Uh, spoiler alert. We, uh, we, we sort of rank them by runtime when we're trying to decide what to do because uh, only so many hours in a day. And... Uh, it turns out the only version that you can rent and watch on iTunes is the director's cut, which has twenty extra minutes <laughs> in it.
0: And because why wouldn't you want twenty extra minutes of this?
1: I, oh, I like I, I wanted. I had a, intended if I, if I speaking of time, if I had time, I would have looked up like what could possibly be in that. It just seemed like one of those things where it'd be like the early two thousands. You know, like, we're releasing the DVD version. We're gonna cram in all the stuff that was edited out, uh, to, to say we have twenty extra minutes of mm. footage on the D V D. You know, it
0: wouldn't be no- released on Blu-ray in twenty twelve, apparently.
1: Oh God. I mean Can you imagine seeing this on Blu-ray? The high quality. Can you imagine being the person who's who ran into the store and said, I need to own this on Blu-ray? Nobody bought this on Blu-ray.
0: It may, no. Maybe it came free, you know, with like a McDonald's Happy Meal or something. But nobody bought this on Blu-ray. No, this is, this is nobody's favorite movie. Ever. No,
1: this was It's not possible. A, this this was given as an ironic a gift. It's it's in a it's in a white elephant uh, is is yeah. where you find this. This is not the kind of thing where you set out on purpose to uh, treasure this uh, movie because it, it's bad. It's a it's a legitimately bad movie. Uh, I. Don't even appreciate the absurdities in it that much because it's not—it's not fun. It's anti-fun. This this movie is kind of bland in its execution of of also being inept. Like the only stuff—it's I
0: mean, weird that it's like a movie of a genre that mm-hmm. like you can't name a second one up. Like name another—I don't know, like prison-y, heist double crosser type, uh, Ocean's movie, Eleven. Movie like this. No, but this is, this is not <laughs> like Ocean's Eleven is. Uh, is good.
1: <laughs>
0: I don't know. There's a cheekiness to it or something. It's not here. There. This. This movie really would have worked better in the late '80s. I don't know. if It would have worked well, but it would have worked better in the late '80s. But uh, they made this in the year 2000 somehow.
1: No. Um, well, see, I'm going to push back with you because I think. I think that they thought that they were uh, uh, giving us something that was cheeky uh, because they had uh, all those asides of Ben Affleck, you know, oh, geez, it was a joke, blah, 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 you know, and then his all his
0: little grinning and winking and what have you. Yeah,
1: and his voiceovers and when he would, when he would say his thoughts out loud, like for no reason, and it's just like, okay, you could get away with that if you were doing it for funny ha ha moment but like john McLean
0: talks to himself when he's running around the building a little bit yeah but i mean
1: 2000s ben affleck was not john mcclain um or bruce willis for that matter uh it, it felt like if you had cast you know george clooney or someone with charisma uh that maybe you could get away with some of the mugging um and wink wink nudge nudge stuff but ben affleck didn't seem to have any clue of how to carry out Doing those things of of kind of you know being like ah shucks I was doing this uh, you know whatever I was caught uh, ah, just rolling with the punches you know he he's not that person in this yeah, movie well
0: I mean you also can't do that with the camera this close to your face for an hour and forty minutes like um I I guess for some reason in my mind John Frankenheimer had done more better things mm-hmm. uh but the the way this movie is shot is uh, uh is not helping it i don't, i don't know if they thought it was going to add to a little bit of the the silliness to be right up in everybody's face with the wide angle lenses and the deep focus and the, the 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 dutch angles and what have you um but it is not conducive to charisma uh nobody nobody looks better with a wide angle lens in their face i mean i guess maybe it adds a little bit to the the like silliness of it all but um, it's really missing. It's really missing a character that, uh, that that comes off as likable, and I just don't think you can. They, 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 I don't think they did that. I don't think they aimed for that. I don't think they tried it at all. I mean, maybe they thought it would work, but it just doesn't.
1: No, it, it's. I. It felt. Uh, and I, I don't. I'm not as familiar with uh, John Frankenheimer's oeuvre as many other like film nerds would be, uh, because his Popular movies really were in the, like, 60s, 70s The TV stuff he was doing. Uh, he had some sort of, like, burnout period where he was just like, you know what? I'm over it. That's all violent nonsense stuff that doesn't make any sense, apparently, according to Wikipedia. And then he did, like, Ronan, which I've heard some people say is good. And I've heard some people say, man, whatever. Um, so, I don't know what that is. I, I really haven't tuned in to find out. But the... Uh, but this is like really, I think the last thing he did before he died other than a short film. Um, so he's not on his a game when he's doing this and he's making a lot of choices that seem dated. Um, oh, like, that
0: makes me feel extra bad. Mm-hmm. I see, I see there's uh, three short films in a TV movie. He did one of the, 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 um, the BMW films with Clive Owen. That's cool. I don't remember which one ambush was, but this is his last feature film that he directed. That,
1: uh makes me sad. Yeah, what a way to go. Um I don't because I it seems like, you know, he's a perfectly respected person in all other aspects of his career. I mean, career. I mean yeah. maybe
0: just because he sounds like John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt or something,
1: but yeah, like that, that that does have a a component there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Frank- but hmm. Frankenheimer. Yeah. Uh well, you see, Frankenheimer was the doctor. Hmm
0: hmm uh he probably got these jokes his entire life and now he's getting them even after being dead by he's being mocked by two idiots with a podcast he probably doesn't even know what a podcast is
1: no i don't think he cares um now another thing about this is i i feel like there were a lot of people who were attracted to maybe working with him because of that because he was kind of you could say an interesting cast in some ways, um, but it's also kind of not used well. They're not deployed in a good way, which makes me feel like it's a lot of like people's connections and stuff that lined them up into this or like the prospect of working with a famous director. Oh, it's like, oh, it's the guy who did the Manchurian cra- Candidate. Uh, let's, let's you know, have you come in here and work with them. Um, yeah, I
0: feel like the recipe here is something we, we saw a lot of at this time. This is one of those like mid-range cost movies that. Uh, didn't really have to make a crap load of money back, and they they assembled a a reasonable uh, group of people. Uh, For some reason, Nothing to Lose. Did you ever see that movie? It's coming Mm -hmm. to mind as a sort of similar movie, Uh, Tim Robbins and uh, Martin Lawrence, right? Yeah. Did you you say no, you hadn't? I hadn't seen seen it. it. Yeah, not ringing a bell. Um, It's another one of those extremely forgettable, but if you were there at the time, kind of like you remember it movies, but uh, I don't know, it's just like, random assortment of people doing robbery type things in this kind of dirty looking movie. I don't know, man. like this is, this comes in like a, um, like an awkward puberty phase for Hollywood or something where it's like, they didn't, they were just like doing stuff and like nobody really cared that much about it. I guess these are the kind of movies that, uh, we can't afford to make anymore because they just weren't very good. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that was kind of the dimension films promise. I think, you know, <laughs>
0: Uh, didn't Dimension Films do all the Scream movies? Didn't people love those?
1: I mean, let's just say Dimension Films is not a hit factory. Um, mm. And it's a lot of mid-budget, low-budget kind of things.
0: Dimension Films.
1: Let's yeah. Let's see what they got here. This is uh, distributed by uh, Miramax um, with your favorite executive producers, uh, one of whom will hopefully be in jail for forever. Uh, so they're involved, um, with this, which means, of course, they drove costs down, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you got, you got all your usual suspects Dust here.
0: Dust Till Dawn is probably one of the movies in this same genre that, uh, made it out, uh, in better shape than this particular movie. But th- that, that, that makes sense. I mean, it's a similar kind of vibe. Even yeah. Though that was 96. That's 2000. Maybe they're just still trying to do the same thing. Yeah, there's your Screams, your Super Cop 1 and 2, Hellraisers, the Crow. Oh,
1: mm.
0: um, Did... Yeah, okay. Dimension Films. I, I, okay, I get yeah. the vibe here. Did you ever see... <laughs> Did you see you've see? seen Dust Dawn, right? No. Oh, well, you can't watch it. Well, maybe you can watch it now, because <laughs> Clooney can't. does some very interesting things in there, but okay. Tarantino is is in the movie.
1: Uh, uh, I've heard that about him.
0: Yeah, but there's a Dust Till Dawn two, and I think there's a Dust Till Dawn three. How uh is starring Robert Patrick. It, the, they're extremely bad. You think any of these other movies are bad? Oh, there's Dust Till Dawn three, two thousand uh that
1: dir- that was direct to DVD, right? Just assuming just a uh, assumption I, I'm making. I
0: think I think they both were Dr- Dust Till Dawn three. who who who's the who's starring in this? Uh I can't I don't even recognize any of those names. Um Teaching Mrs. Tingle, I remember seeing this movie. Katie Holmes, terrible movie. Uh, the Faculty, yeah, like this, okay. The, this this helps clarify the the context for the making of this film a lot. Dimension Films, wow. I didn't realize they were so... I mean, you can't say one note, because there's kind of a lot of notes in here, but none of them really play together very well.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh. And I think we have Dimension Films to thank for the writer, because it looks like in the year 2000, uh... Aaron Kruger did Scream 3 and Reindeer games at the same time. Um, so. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. I, have we talked about the Scream movies before? This is a, a random aside, but have I, we talked about them?
1: I can't imagine we talked about them in depth uh, other than to mention that they were in the zeitgeist or to uh, mention things about them and mm-hmm. stuff, but we, we've did you never see them at discussed the time? it. I only saw the first two. Um, Do you enjoy the
0: time? I guess you enjoy horror movies also.
1: I like the first one. The second one I didn't care for. Um, I don't... and I, I, I'm not as familiar with the Scream franchise people's opinions to know if I, that's even an unpopular opinion or not. Uh, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I have no we, idea we how they rank. I don't care
0: what they think. Um, yeah. I've seen parts of several of them. I honestly couldn't tell you which ones there were and I did not watch them at the time. All of my friends at the time, I remember what, like eighth grade or something. It was, they were obsessed with it uh, to the point that like the, the friends of mine that thought they were into movie making started writing their own like knockoff parody scream type movie that they were going to make. Of course they never did. Um, but, uh, I never watched them at the time and I watched scream one like way later. Uh, I I should back up and say, I watched part of scream one way later. And, uh, I found the the opening scene so gratuitous and disgusting that I didn't want to watch the rest of the movie. Like, maybe that's just me and, like, that's the whole point of the movie, but uh, it made me feel so bad, I just turned the movie off. I'm like, nope, this is not for me. I don't want that. I don't like these movies at all.
1: I mean, I think that's one of those things where if you were sitting in a theater and you don't really have the option to turn it off, it's just to get up and walk out, you might be so full of adrenaline that you just continue sitting there and and waiting to find out what's going to happen. I um, guess
0: there's just something about the just like the violent knife murder mm-hmm. repeated that it was just it it, it it it's very upsetting. Like you can mm-hmm. we can we can shoot predators with machine guns all day long. It doesn't bother me. But just stabbing teenagers in the head and various places with large knives just is not a thing I want to watch. Apparently,
1: I mean, I don't want to watch it again. I've only seen the first two screen movies, but uh, it, there's, I there's a
0: lot of stabbing in just those two movies, I bet.
1: Yeah, probably tons. Um, but, you know, back to our lovely, perfectly themed Reindeer Games movie, um, I don't care for the writing at all, and I think that that is by far the biggest sin here. Um, more so than the
0: wide-angle lenses. Yeah, well, or that's it's what I'm down saying.
1: Down. Is like, more than the wide-angle lenses, more <laughs> than the Dutch, uh, uh, Dutch angles, uh, more than anything, more than the indigo bleach bypass color grading stuff. Like we're uh, in a completely different area in terms of writing with this movie where it's just dreck. Um, and it's think not
0: they realized it was boring. And then they tried to put some sort of like style spin on it with the camera and stuff that just kind of made it extra weird, but not better.
1: I mean, I can only assume that John Frankenheimer thought that where he's just like, well, they're going to be talking a lot in this scene. So let's just do wacky stuff with the camera because I'm bored um, because I can't for the life of me, think of any reason why the scenes themselves have intensity or dialogue that is such that it uh, requires the use of a Dutch angle lens where it's supposed to disorient or throw the audience off kilter. Um, They were saying really boring stuff a lot of the times. And it's just like the cameras on an angle while they're saying the boring things like it's
0: like, Oh no, the bad guys had a solitary confinement. This is, this is your cue that, we should be scared that he's going to come after us. It's like, well,
1: right, I kind of get that already. Just really bad exposition. Um, But but even more than that, just like all the little scenes of them, like just all the casual dialogue between them is just all stilted, inorganic, terrible. And then you have the overall construction of this thing, of this crap fest. And I take my biggest issue with the need of this writer to say, you know what? I'm not just gonna have a twist and turns out I'm gonna have a twist and turns out on a twist and turns out on a twist and turns out that's connected to the first scene of the movie well you and, should have
0: known because uh, the first twist and turns out that we find out is uh way too early in the movie so I can't can't just be the only twist it turns out
1: no the twist twists just keep on coming um and I got so sick of it because it it doesn't help because, um, okay, so if you're listening to this and you have not seen this movie, skip it. Um, and then on, you know, just to summarize, the beginning of the movie is Ben Affleck talking to James Frayne as his buddy um, in prison uh, and and James Frain is talking nonstop about how he's going to see his girl, and he's so excited to see his girl. And they only have three days left. And he used to blah blah blah, and his old girlfriend blah blah blah, and his new girlfriend's so great, and he can't wait. And Ben Affleck's like, "Well, if you you know what I want, pie, but I'll settle for uh, having sex with your girlfriend for you because you're probably not going to be good enough for her." LOL, just kidding. I want pie, and then his buddy gets shivved by the guy who got let out of solitary confinement in uh, an attempt to save Ben Affleck's life. And so then Ben Affleck's like real sad about it for two seconds and then sees the uh, creepy evidence wall of photos of the uh, girlfriend that have been mailed to his buddy, his pen pal. And he's reading through all the letters and is released and walks past her uh, in the lot, gets on the bus and then goes ah shucks and s- has the bus slam on the brakes. Which I'm not sure that's how the prison bus works, but whatever. <laughs> They're and, not prisoners anymore. They they take requests. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and so they he gets off the bus and he meets up with her and then they go together to live their you know little fake illusionary life. And uh, he says to himself in the mirror that he'll just wait till after Christmas, and then he'll tell her. Meanwhile, he flushes his ID down the toilet because he doesn't want her to find out that he's been impersonating his cellmate friend um, this entire time. And he and uh, immediately after that, he is confronted and attacked by uh, this group of people, uh, which turns out to be led by Gary Sinise, um, who is this, uh, I don't know, guy on trucker meth, um, who he kept the outfit from
0: uh, Forrest Gump. Or yeah. The
1: wig. <laughs> and he's, he's real strung out and uh, intense about, you know, the, the, how he's going to have uh, Nick, the cellmate that he thinks it is James strange's character, um, help yeah. Ben, Af- uh, wait a minute, help him break into the casino. Um and Ben Affleck like, is trying to convince him that he's not that guy. He doesn't know that person. Blah 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 blah. And It's your
0: typical mistaken identity story, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, plus a robbery. But then also the, they're they're tough guys that have killed some people, but they've also never done a robbery before. They're just bad people who who want to get money. Yeah, I, it's unclear what their their criminal background is. That they're, they're apparently murderers, but they've never. Uh, robbed anyone before so
1: also 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 huge important point here Charlize theron is playing this girlfriend uh ashley mercer who is supposed to be the boyfriend uh i'm sorry the brother of um uh gary sinise who plays gabriel monster mercer um and they are brother and sister until much later in the film, when it is revealed that they are not brother and sister, but they are boyfriend and girlfriend. And they have in fact been playing Ben Affleck this entire time. Um and then So he was the
0: tricker, and now mm-hmm. he becomes the tricky.
1: Yes. And then it gets even trickier because we turns out that when they get to the very end of the film and Gary Sinise. Charlie Theron and Ben Affleck are the last ones standing um, and they're going to kill Ben Affleck because he's a dum-dum and they're going to uh, have him die at the bottom of a cliff they're gonna set the car on fire blah 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 and then all of a sudden uh, Charlie Theron uh, as Ashley mentions that Nick was shivved. And Ben Affleck says, I never said he was shivved. I never said how he died. And then suddenly Gary Sinise, for some reason, believes him. And then Charlie Theron decides to shoot Gary Sinise. And then James Frayne steps out uh, and reveals that he was Nick and he never died. And he's been there. He released from prison this entire time, orchestrating things from behind the scenes. And that really, Ashley is neither... The sister of Gary Sinise, nor the girlfriend of Gary Sinise, but Millie Bobeck, the girlfriend of Nick, who Nick had gone to prison for in the first place for manslaughter for protecting his girlfriend. So
0: it's like it's it's the it the 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 movie plot is the equivalent of like when they do a the, the bad guy in the Bond movie got captured as part of his plan kind of thing. Yeah, except it, dumber than that because mm-hmm. like it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense or matter. Like they even try to cover it up. with The whole like, Affleck going like, you know, it was a thousand to one odds that I would even do this. How did you even know? He's like, if you wouldn't have done it, she would have just like bailed on the whole plan, or it would have been fine, or they would have done something else. But you did do it because you're old, reliable Ben Affleck, and we're just supposed to go like, I guess. I mean, she would have just done something else then, huh? Uh, and then this whole movie wouldn't have existed. Well, maybe may, maybe we all would have been better off if Ben Affleck would have stayed on the bus.
1: Truer true words were never spoken. I, it makes no sense, and it is frustrating. Um, it doesn't help that they tried to... This is like the weakest attempt to hang a lantern on it, uh, because it, you can see the note is like, it doesn't make any sense. Why would he go through all this stuff? And then it's just like, well... You're right. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, so, we'll just say that it doesn't make any sense. And it could have just gone another way. It's like, that. that's not sufficient. We're watching a piece of filmed entertainment here. Like, yeah, give us something. Uh, some stylized thing. Some I never thought about it that way. Like, whatever. Just like, uh, something to hint along the way that things were going into a certain trajectory uh, that seemed to be on rails. It doesn't... The entire way, it was all just flying by the seat of the pants of whatever decision Ben Affleck made. So there's no way that this was planned to exactly steer him into this scenario that it just doesn't work that way. Um,
0: But you can see the way that this, like if you, if you like, um, if you release the information in the order that it was released in the movie, you can understand how this could be a story. Like if you were pitching this and you went beat by beat and then you got to the end, You'd go like, oh, okay, cool. I see what you're doing there. But if you were to, like, let's say it in reverse. Like, let's let's describe it as if we were Nick Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to jail for killing somebody who was insulting my girlfriend. Um, my cellmate is Ben Affleck, who uh, is, like, super into listening to me read the letters from my girlfriend and looking at all the her pictures on the wall. So maybe I can trick him into falling in love with her while I read these letters. And when he gets out, he can help her do a robbery that I've really wanted to do since I've been working at a casino before I got arrested. And then we can make him the fall guy. Like he he, he planned this from the moment he met Ben Affleck because he was using a pseudonym for, his girlfriend as Ashley versus her real name Millie from the very beginning for no reason as far as we can tell other than to trick Ben Affleck um, meanwhile from the moment he meets Ben Affleck he's going to trick Ben Affleck into helping with this robbery because he also had the idea to have his girlfriend find some loser truckers who want to be criminals and convince them to do the robbery. And whether or not Affleck helped or not doesn't really matter, because the truckers would do it anyway because they're dumb. But the truckers think that they are taking advantage of Nick in prison, whereas Nick is actually orchestrating the truckers from in prison. But he didn't have to play dumb when he got out of prison the same way that Ashley or Charlize was playing dumb, because he got stabbed. So Affleck took his place and played dumb for a little while, but then also tried to talk his way out of it. There's like eight different scenes that go back and forth where Affleck's like, I'm not the guy. They're like, okay, you're dispensable. Let's kill you. He's like, okay, maybe I am the guy. He's like, all right, then you're going to help us. He's like, I'm not the guy. I don't have the information. They're like, okay, you're dispensable. He's like, "Uh, but I I learned some information from the guy who who was the real guy who was my cellmate. It's like, you, you can't just say things and then, and then they're true. Uh, yeah,
1: well, do you think the extra twenty minutes that were cut out of the movie is just that back and forth again? They just keep like threatening to kill him, and then he keeps like pleading to there's at least one yeah. more
0: scene where he's like, "I'm not Nick, and they're like, you're absolutely Nick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna dangle you over a cliff or put you over put you in the dunk your head in the the ice lake or whatever.
1: Yeah, I don't know. it's just it's too many twists it 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 is unsatisfying um i I was fine with the twist of, you know, this is about the robbery and you were being roped into it along the way, etc. Uh, I was even fine with the, turns out she's the girlfriend and that. She's just using him this way, manipulating him by pretending to be this, this, uh, okay. Here's, woman here's, at a, here's a proposal then.
0: Let me know if this works at mm-hmm. all. Or if this is done, What if they had just said, what if like all of it was like the same up until the end, but then Nick showed up and he's like, uh, I got stabbed, so I was delayed getting out, uh, but I'm actually alive, and she's really my girlfriend. But, like, wow, man, look at you. You did a robbery all by yourself. That's pretty cool. I'm just going to keep the money. Like, what if he was not the mastermind behind the plan? I mean, then you would have to say, like, why did Charlize decide to do this in the first place? Mm -hmm. Uh, But you could say, like, maybe Gary, it was Gary Sinise's idea and uh she's like uh hey boyfriend in jail this like weirdo wants me to do a robbery like we could trick him or something or she doesn't even have to tell him. maybe she's just like into it or something i don't know like there's no need for nick to be the mastermind behind this aside now that like what made Charlize agree to do this with gary sinise if she had a boyfriend in jail
1: the only twist i would have accepted would be to not have nick at all at the end would be to have Charlize reveal that she's the one who actually wanted all the money and that she was manipulating, uh, yeah. Manipulating Gary Sinise, just like she said she was
0: here. You go. Here's she's the mastermind behind it all. And Nick is still alive, but Nick is actually her brother.
1: No, I don't, I don't (laughs) see. I just, I think the problem is I just don't want Nick to show up at the end. It's stupid. Yeah, I
0: agree. I agree. Uh, that's a coincidence. That's fine. Um, The the reason that they don't do it is because you can't have a showdown between Affleck and Charlize. Like, this was 2000. You know, she can't be the head bad guy because she's Charlize there.
1: I would like to also point out that Nick just materializes out of the shadows. They are a semi-truck that raced out of a a casino robbery and parked somewhere along a snowy cliff mm -hmm. near some rock quarry somewhere. They Um, probably
0: arranged the rock quarry ahead of time where they were going to dump the... Well, no, they didn't have a plan to dump the body because they didn't plan on all being murdered.
1: No, because that's one of those... Maybe they
0: planned on murdering Nick, but then the whole like five Santas went in, five dead Santas got to be found thing doesn't work because they're only going to find one dead Santa.
1: No, and well, that's another thing that bothered me is they kept looping that dialogue um, in the voiceover. uh, And and I was just like, but... You realize he wasn't the guy who died wasn't in a Santa costume. Yeah. Affleck
0: should have taken the Santa costume off and thrown it over the cliff. Right. Or just like left it at the top of the cliff. But of course he didn't. He wore it all the way home to his Christmas dinner.
1: Instead there is evidence literally strewn. All the way back to his house, where his parents live. Um, oh yeah, that's, that's I, <laughs> also fun. I was just like, "What
0: the What the hell is going on?" And the, the well, they live in such a you know a small town uh, in Upper Michigan that no one would ever tell anyone that they found ten thousand dollars in their mailbox, even if no, they all did.
1: No, and also. It would be incredibly rude to question why your convict son showed up on your doorstep bruised, smelling like booze and gasoline, sweat, and in a Santa costume. (laughs) They
0: would just be like, wow, prison must have been rough. That's the only outfit
1: they let you leave with? Yeah, and carrying bags of money while on the local news, I'm sure, they're talking about the Santa robbery at the casino that happened up the road. I mean, well, it's crazy.
0: I guess somebody was probably alive to say Santa's robbed the place. Um, they they kill everybody,
1: right? They talk about the witnesses, um, and also contrary to popular opinion, spraying bullets at VCRs does not guarantee you have destroyed all of the VCR footage. Um, it is, it doesn't work like that. They're not, they're not little balls of gas. Like you, you still have tape in there. You've just probably destroyed a few spools of stuff. Um, well, even if
0: you destroyed the tape, you just tape them back together. And you got most
1: of the tape back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just tape them together and you got more tape. It's uh, tape. exactly. Tape. <laughs> well, you I mean, tape them together, you got less tape, but you still got tape. Yeah. Uh, you, you still got tape. The tape promise. Um, and I just, I don't, I don't, I, I don't understand why, why everybody's just like, okay, well, that's the end of the movie. Happily ever after. Is it like... What? Uh like you're gonna give me all these like weird twists and turns and what what have you's and like uh him jumping through hoops to try to deceive people and then he just like walks into his family house Sits down, has his Christmas dinner, his Christmas turkey. They're talking about his voiceover, uh, and and talks about it. he was never just much some one turkey
0: and leftovers for six months. That's all he ever wanted.
1: Yeah, and he, he was never never really one for holidays, but now it's all changed. And it's just like I'm I'm sorry, you didn't earn any of that from this experience.
0: It's also pretty weird how in the ending there they go from like this really wide shot that looks like stock footage of some family having dinner to just an extreme close up of Affleck against a window it's like is this just another pickup shot like you didn't know how to end it like were they going to end on him putting the money in the mailboxes or something and then like walking down the road and then they're just like oh crap we need a pickup shot that doesn't work and just we're going to slowly dissolve between these two shots for six seconds to make you think that they're at the same time
1: yeah well then the the, gotta love the dissolve too i mean it's just like all of a sudden this movie that was full of Dutch angles and wide-angle lenses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It suddenly, turns into a uh, local grocery store chain Christmas holiday commercial. Like, come buy your turkey. Look, like,
0: as somebody who has made local grocery store commercials,
1: <laughs> how many six-second uh, dissolves do you have in it?
0: Zero. We don't do dissolves anymore. They are passé. Ben Affleck ruined them for us.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you have a, a turkey you shot with a Dutch angle?
0: No, I think we have chicken that we shot with a regular angle chicken who's having
1: chicken for christmas
0: it's, i mean it's not really now i'm struggling to think if there was actually chicken in the holiday theme thing mm. there was there was chicken in a grocery store thing maybe it wasn't the holiday theme was something else there wasn't food in the holiday. wait there was food i don't remember things. i'm very tired
1: <laughs> wow the twist turns story, out there wasn't food in the holiday department.
0: thing <laughs> story is not my department no, um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make it my goal though. Every every commercial we do, in the the last shot in the uh, the video, uh, some random character emerges that maybe it was in the first shot. Maybe you heard about from the first shot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Stack, and and they sit down at the table and they have some turkey and they say, "Hey, aren't you Nick?"
0: does not say I feel like Affleck has played a character named Nick in like many movies. Mm-hmm. It seems, that seems like a, a name for him. He doesn't look like a Rudy to me.
1: No. Wasn't he Nick in Gone Girl? Yes, he was. Yeah, I think that's primarily... Nick Dunn, there you go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in in this one, he's Rudy uh, Duncan. Yeah, he's played played a couple of
0: Neils. He was a
1: Jack, Mm. Larry, a
0: Drew, a Gavin. No, he's not a Gavin. Another Jack. Yeah, he's a Jack, I get it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's Rudy Duncan. Uh, a gym. Oh, he played a he played Ben in Forces of Nature.
1: Oof! Did you say oof because it was good or bad or what?
0: Oh, bad. Uh, uh, that's uh that's that's what's her name? That's um. I can't think of her name. Sandra Bullock. Oh, she deserved better.
1: Mm. I mean, she's had a few of those. Um, Speed Two. What
0: uh, was this? Oh, nineteen ninety nine. This was right before that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's about to get married. Then he marries the he he meets this crazy wild lady who upends his idea of what life is supposed to be like, and then they end up together.
1: Mm. Doesn't oh, sound what? doesn't sound good.
0: Why why was the why were the late nineties early two thousands so bad at everything?
1: I don't know. I mean, I feel like they kind of started to fix things by two thousand five, but uh, it was you know too late for this movie. Too late for. Uh, Mr. Frankenheimer oh, they fixed things
0: by two thousand five. Well, two thousand six was Clerks too. So
1: <laughs> I didn't say <laughs> they fix things everywhere. I just said they started to fix things. Oh, man,
0: uh, it was the t- the town was twenty ten. Argos twenty twelve. So th- mm-hmm. they they were starting to turn. Around. There's just like a solid, you know, eight to twelve years of just
1: culture that should be
0: thrown at the track.
1: Mm. <sighs> yeah, I mean, but but back to this culture that should be thrown in the trash this movie uh there is one
0: anything that you enjoyed any
1: any redeeming qualities here dennis farina i was gonna say dennis farina with machine guns yeah i mean i mean here's the thing everyone i like dennis farina when he shows up in a movie or a tv show i go hey it's dennis farina i love him he's charming. Um he is great in in everything even when he's supposed to be an unlikable person or doing something unlikable. Uh like he does in in particular in this movie where he says something that is a little problematic. Um and uh you know gets his his guests to summarily leave um because he shouldn't have said that. And it, it's just like uh, he's great in this. My first exposure to Dennis Farina uh was in Snatch um and he's fantastic in that uh he flies in on his little jet he he does his thing he leaves disappointed he hates it um wonderful love him yeah and seeing
0: him in this movie i was almost a little disappointed because i forgot about his character uh but they're, you know they're beating him up and he's really sort of like sad and kind of down and just kind of mumbling to himself like about not wanting to go back to las vegas or whatever and he's He's, you know, clearly they picked a big name to run a casino or whatever, and he's getting beat up. And it's like, oh, wait, they did give him a redeeming scene. Awesome.
1: Yeah. No, I I, I like Dennis Farina. And I was so happy um, when he took out the machine guns and just started chasing people through a casino with machine guns. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, have you seen Out of Sight?
1: I forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wa yeah, we watched it. Um, oh, we did for the, oh, of course we did. Yeah. Uh, yeah I love that movie.
0: Yeah. He's, he's good in that one. That, that's a movie that, uh, is like a better version of this.
1: Eh, I didn't like that one that much either. Um, well, you're wrong. Cause that movie's great. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I just, I like Dennis Arena and, uh, I gotta say one of the really low, low, low bottom of the barrel points for me was James Frain's performance. Um, yeah he's bad in this uh what, what,
0: what do you what would you know him from
1: uh oh he plays uh sarek in Star Trek Discovery um who's he's the sa- third actor I guess fourth if you count the young Sarek that appears briefly in a flashback uh to play sarek in Star Trek yeah, he's got this big plastic
0: thing on his head in Tron Legacy mm. as if anyone would recognize him there
1: no I mean he's I think he's better suited to playing someone who has no emotions um, because he's so bad in this. Um, and uh, there's just something about, I'm assuming it's a directorial choice to have them say pecan pie like that. Um, and I hate it because they both do it, both Ben and and, and uh, well, it's James Frayn. Isn't
0: that how they talk out there?
1: I don't know. But if it is, fix yourselves, Michigan. I do not I don't need <laughs> this. <laughs> this is awful. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't agree with that. And I was like, oh, well, at least he's dead at the beginning of this. I was like, he died stupidly. I, like, there's no way a, a shiv in the gut would kill someone instantly like that. And then, You're right. It, it, it was absolutely right. Uh, but unfortunately for myself, I wish it had killed him in that first act because I didn't need him to show back up again. Uh, so that, that wasn't good. And then you had like the weird cameo from Isaac Hayes. Yeah, um, that's an I, extremely weird cameo. I, and and Danny Trejo's in here, and you're like, wow, Danny Trejo, what are going to do? He doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything Danny Trejo-esque at all.
0: I mean, he hits Ben Affleck in the face when he's talking about onion rings. Yeah, but that's... Who, who wouldn't have wanted to do that?
1: I mean, the only kind of m- mild entertainment that I derived from his performance was when he complained about how uh, it was his credit card they used oh, yeah. for the hotel. Pretty good. Um, but that, that was, that was it. And it's just like, I, I, you know, Danny Trejo can do better than that. Um, and then uh, not a lot else going on here. Uh, but I mean, the, speaking
0: of cameos, you had Ashton Kutcher very briefly here as well as college kid.
1: Yeah. With a real bad
0: goatee. Uh, I mean, it, it was yeah. less bad than, uh, the one Affleck was wearing, but yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I mean, one of those was makeup and one of those was s- someone's best attempt. Um, Ace and it was
0: his. <laughs> third movie
1: well you know what he did before this what dude where's my car
0: uh same year so which one came out first (laughs) Rainier games is listed first on imdb
1: uh that's a good question because dude where's my car came out in december because i remember seeing it for my birthday
0: Ooh. so so i can never find anything on imdb where's your release date god this yeah, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, it should be a holiday movie, right? February twenty fifth. <laughs> <laughs> Why in the hell? Merry Christmas, oh, they you did filthy animals! Dirty on this movie. Why would you release this in February?
1: I don't know. I mean, isn't what a it way! Like to...
0: February when movies go to die. Like, isn't that like the bad,
1: buried this movie kind of time of year? I mean, did people like? Hold on, we I didn't even look at the what was the critical response to this?
0: Oh, good. Yeah, that's... yeah. How many, how many thumbs down did it get from Siskel and Uh
1: Yeah, generally poor reviews and was not a commercial success. The review aggregator website Rotten Tomatoes reported that 25% of critics gave the film a positive review based on a sample of 88 reviews with an average score of 4.2 out of 10. It cites critical consensus reads, despite a decent cast, subpar acting, and a contrived plot. Uh, wait, and a contrived plot disappointed viewer. And that doesn't. It's not a sentence. All right. Anyway, so Metacritic, which assigns a weighted average, scores uh, the review gave the uh, film 37 out of 100 based on 33 critics, indicating generally unfavorable reviews. Audiences polled by CinemaScore gave the film an average of C on an A plus to F scale. That's uh, kind of a big deal because audiences usually go a little higher than the critics do. Uh, in 2007. Yeah, in a 2007 interview, Esquire, uh, Charlize Theron said that she considered this movie as the worst film she ever did, saying that Reindeer Games was not a good movie, but I did it because I loved John Frankenheimer. A CNN review said, Reindeer Games isn't at the bottom of his creative barrel, but it's close.
0: This is the worst movie Charlize Theron has ever done? Is that, that's, that's the quote you just read?
1: That's what Charlize Theron said in 2007. (sighs)
0: Okay, The Astronaut's Wife was in 1999. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, that's not even the movie I was thinking it was. Johnny Depp. What the hell movie is that? Uh, God, I, I have not... The Curse of the Jade Scorpion. What the hell is that?
1: Charlie theron has been a lot of...
0: Oh, it's a Woody Allen movie, of course.
1: Not good stuff. Uh, yeah, but she's also a good actor. I mean, I oh she.
0: Okay, when was that interview? Tell me when that interview was.
1: I said two thousand
0: seven. Uh, okay, hang on. Uh, okay, Aeon Flux was two thousand (laughs) five. So you've got to be
1: kidding me. Uh, well, I'm gonna. It's
0: no ultraviolet, but Aeon Flux is
1: pretty bad. You know, I don't know. I, I. I have not made it past the first 5 minutes of ultraviolet so i couldn't tell you oh um,
0: come on as as a as a as a person of the era and a visual effects artist you have to watch that movie do i yeah you got to i mean you got to appreciate it uh for its its assistance in developing the ibk gear your favorite gear <sighs> of all time hate it I love that the uh, the thumbnails for Aeon Flux show the HD DVD release. I probably have this on HD DVD. To be honest, I think it was one of the giveaways. Uh, but I don't have Ultraviolet on HD DVD. I don't. Think. But we should watch Ultraviolet. It's it's extremely bad. It looks like it was, uh, it was it was shot on uh, Sony Handicap. Uh, Just on
1: all. all, 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 all. Uh, but I don't want to see it. You want to see it. I don't want to see it.
0: Uh, yeah, wow. Oh, it. Mighty Joe Young! Come on, like that movie apparently had heart and people enjoyed it or whatever. But come on, that was a terrible
1: movie. I I, I couldn't speak to that one either. I, I'm starting to realize I haven't seen <laughs> many Charlie Sarah movies. Sh- I guess. <laughs> okay, I mean she has some good movies that you can go watch. But, I mean, um... I I know I I I feel like I have seen a lot of movies with Charlie there in them. I'm just realizing there are a lot of other movies that I've seen that I haven't seen with her in them. Um, well,
0: she has a. Uh... 67 acting credits, so.
1: She's prolific.
0: It's difficult to be a Charlize Theron uh, completionist, I think.
1: Yeah. Unless you're Charlize Theron.
0: You probably haven't gotten around to F9, the Fast Saga, yet.
1: <laughs> no. I've only seen the first Fast and Furious. Wow. Mm.
0: You're leaving a lot of stuff on the on the table there. Oh, yeah, she was in uh, uh, the, the eighth one also. Okay. Yeah, she's in multiple fests and furious is
1: good for her bank account
0: yeah no she has dreadlocks and then it's not good for her bank account
1: no uh, i meant getting paid yeah i know but like we took a paycheck
0: yeah. is it is it worth is it worth the cost
1: i don't think the answer is yes uh
0: anyway mm-hmm. um reindeer games yeah i mean you, the uh, thing do you do you enjoy that you've seen this this festive holiday film
1: No, it was a real letdown, Uh, to be perfectly honest with you. uh, I mean, I don't know what I had expected going into it. I thought it would be more interesting. Um, (laughs) (laughs) On what premise, the fact that it was just a 2000s Ben Affleck movie, you figured
0: they would have done something something of note, at least? No, I just...
1: It seemed like there were components here that could have been arranged better than they were. Uh, So, you know, it's kind of like... If you gave somebody flour, sugar, water, eggs, milk, and then they made like the worst cake you've ever had, and then you're just like, "Well, you could have made a good cake, I guess, if you wanted, if you were really, you know, trying." But uh, th- instead, we got we got this the bad cake. Um, so yeah, this movie's not yeah. even
0: um, like noteworthy enough to get a, a juicy section on uh, Wikipedia explaining all of the silliness that happened in production. Like, th- there's no, there's no crazy stories about the shenanigans of John Frankenheimer directing this movie.
1: No. And it just doesn't, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, you have a hard time like trying to like be excited about making fun of this thing because it's not even enjoyable to sit there and be like, ah, oh, look at that. That's a crazy choice. Can't believe he did that. Um, you cause it's like
0: you're kicking a dead reindeer.
1: No, no, not even. Cause it, it's, kind of the same boring choice throughout like the same like oh a dutch angle okay um and then it's not like oh wow can you believe that like one shot that they did that that why they do that that doesn't make any sense instead it's like i don't know why they're doing this in any of these shots um so it's just boring uh and i have to say that only the only like really good bad movie moment in this is when Gary Sinise says don't play no reindeer games with me.
0: <laughs> and they spoil I mean
1: they use it up too early. It's so early in the movie. Yeah, it's it's the first act. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think that that is the best bad movie moment he that didn't the movie even sing has. When you
0: see Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer later when he was like walking his way home putting money in people's mailboxes. We could have gotten another reindeer games callback.
1: No, I mean he's doing the whole like pa rum pum, pum pum and it's like I know who likes that. Whose favorite Christmas carol is that? That is that is not at the Angela top of anybody's list. Office. Uh okay. Yeah. Touche.
0: That's but yeah, it's it's a very poor choice to pick Little Drummer Boy.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't like Little Drummer Boy. Yeah, I don't no. like this movie. They should have called the movie Little Drummer Boy
0: they would have had to put a drum in there Mm -hmm.
1: also you got to say that the opening shots of the dead santas it's like well we're really setting up something interesting and then no you're not stick with us guys look at all these murdered santas (laughs) you can't wait to find out what pecan pie has to do with dead santas i bet isn't isn't there
0: something uh right before the dead santas uh There's like, there's just like snow flurries over black with like a title card, but then uh, does it go right to the dead Santas?
1: Yeah, it, it, uh, the camera, uh, I can't remember what it is. There's, there's a move and then it reveals a dead Santa in the snow.
0: Oh, it's the, the one with the head through the, the car.
1: No, I think it's, I think it is a dead Santa and then it cuts to the one through the car with the smoke coming off of him.
0: Oh, yeah, maybe it's like a the close-up where it's like um, dollying across like the feet to the, the bloody bits and stuff.
1: Also, I have to say that the giving him the water pistol because you don't want to give him an actual gun and then he puts booze in it and then he goes to the casino and does the robbery and then it's dribbling out of the water pistol and that's how the guy knows he doesn't really have a gun and he pulls his gun and then he decides to light a match and then Ben Affleck shoots him with two squirts of the whiskey from the leaky water pistol barrel thing. And then suddenly we cut to the guy being completely engulfed in flames.
0: Yeah. Well, it was rum. So it was definitely more flammable. But yes, uh,
1: extremely stupid. I I, I mean, you just can't flambe people like that. That's not how there's not enough combustible fluid that has been put on that person at that point.
0: Maybe it was a really effective water pistol.
1: I guess. I mean, you know, these movies where they're just like, uh, we need to come up with a flamethrower in two seconds. It'll be alcohol or hairspray or something. And, you know, we'll just light a match, light a lighter, whatever. And then it'll just happen. Uh, and in this it's just like, yeah, so two squirts of alcohol guy engulfed in flames. Um, that's our improvised weapon nonsense
0: i mean they could have found it somewhere else too dennis farina was drinking alcohol he had a little bar cart set up there in his little security room he could have just like had a glass it could have been like ah i'm gonna die cheers to you or whatever and thrown it at the guy
1: or something yeah but okay again still a glass of alcohol thrown onto a match
0: you know maybe the santa suit was a uh, very flammable polyester that could have been a line <laughs> that they threw in there earlier in a rewrite
1: yeah, little known fact is that there was a, a global recall on that issue of uh, Santa suit because it was highly flammable, uh, <clears throat> highly flammable, um, but I don't care. It was bad. It was so bad and dumb.
0: Yeah. Is this the worst Ben Affleck movie you've ever seen? Is this worse than <sighs> Paycheck, I guess, is the question, because how many other extremely bad Ben Affleck movies
1: have we seen? God, that's tough. Um Did
0: did Paycheck at least telegraph itself as as badly as this? Because there was a lot of, you know, look, see this close-up shot of a bullet hitting somebody in the chest. We'll reveal who that is in two hours.
1: I think that Paycheck is a better bad movie to watch for Mm -hmm. enjoyment, but I don't think it is anyway any way a better movie, if that makes any sense. They're both bad. Mm -hmm. But also, I... Kind of would rather watch Charlize Theron than Uma Thurman.
0: Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So, would you swap them? Is it if you could do some dream casting? Would you swap them?
1: Yeah, because then you'd kind of like offload some of the <laughs> some of the worst parts of paycheck. Um, sorry, sorry, Uma. Um, but uh, not your best. Um,
0: and I mean, she didn't have a whole whole lot to work with there.
1: No, I mean, and and that's, you know, not very fair to these people. I'm not sure that they were cast appropriately. Like I said earlier, I think if you did Ben Affleck's role with someone who is more charismatic um, than a block of wood, uh, that you could have had a better outcome here. Uh, Is it
0: weird that Paycheck had a similar vibe with the whole, like, uh, girlfriend that he's in love with, but he doesn't really know, like, they don't really know each other and they have to kind of rediscover the relationship thing
1: not really i mean it because that this the not knowing each other thing is actually part of a grand plot uh of the person who claims not to know yeah there's, um, just,
0: there's just something about the character type where like that's got to be a thing mm-hmm. it's got to be like a studio to, like ah the the lady's got to love him and stop
1: yeah, I mean with with Ben Affleck, he played a lot of these roles I guess where it's just like so you're an idiot um and uh stuff will happen to you for this movie and then you'll you'll just find out at the end and you'll come out mostly
0: unscathed on the yeah. other end and you'll be the you'll be the hero despite your best efforts.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Like like I said earlier, if you put George Clooney in here, um if you uh, had George Clooney rewrite, get one of his friends to rewrite this, um, then maybe you could get this up somewhere into a more enjoyable level. If this was Steven Soderbergh, um, yeah, but
0: it's it's not, I, it wouldn't work because you wouldn't believe that Clooney would be, uh, you know, dorky enough. Like he he he's got too much class to be roped into this this like schoolyard plan. He, he would just, you know, go about his business and sort of shrug in a cool guy way and just like leave her standing in the parking lot. I
1: don't know. Uh, I mean, he plays idiots sometimes. Um, so I think he could do it. I think you just, and, and like I said, with Soderbergh, like you just need someone to tell a more compelling heist. Like there are moments in here where Frankenheimer is, competently directing action in terms of, I understand the geography of what's happening. I understand where people are going and coming from. I understand that, uh, Ben Affleck had said there'd be no guns in this room and it's full guns. I understand that there was supposed to be a door at the top of the stairwell and there's not. The guy's realizing that he, the guy was bullshitting and he doesn't actually know anything. Like I, I understand the filmmaking that went into that to make that work. In terms of I I am not confused by what's happening. Um, it's just that the rest of this is not good. Uh, just simple scenes of dialogue are dreadful.
0: Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I did like Gary Sinise hitting him with the darts, though.
0: <laughs> Why? Just because you you have a deep like internal desire to throw darts at Ben Affleck.
1: I mean, I don't want to personally know. Um, also, I have to say this is the least flattering, partially nude sex scene I've seen in a film. Um,
0: yeah, it's not shot particularly well. There's it's, no. it's it's very close, and the camera's going all over the place, and there's a lot of flopping everywhere.
1: Yeah, the lighting is very flat and weird. Um, and so, Ben Affleck, um, well, let's just say he doesn't really have. a tan generally speaking uh and in this uh i would describe him as pallid um when we see the back of him uh it is not just unpleasant it is like sickly looking uh so it He's is in
0: prison what do you expect
1: well i don't know it just he just doesn't it doesn't look like you're not it's not a sex scene where you're just like wow i can't believe Charlize Theron and Ben Affleck are having sex. Instead, it's just like, oh, did, did we could, we couldn't do another take of that. Like, did, has this person never seen something sexual before? Like, wh- I mean, what's the, happening?
0: The, the reaction is just like, well, I guess he was just in prison for a while, so you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be not great.
1: No, it was it was really dreadful. Um, I I didn't think that was shot particularly well, and you know, it's it's the least of the film's problems, but it it happens early on. And it's supposed to be sort of setting up the gritty, you know, vibe of this. And it's, it's not gritty. It feels like amateur.
0: The vibes are lackluster Mm -hmm. across Mm -hmm. the board.
1: Yeah. All right. I think that's all there really is to say about this. Unless there's something else you had to say about reindeer games, since you're the one who picked it. Uh, What was going through your mind, Dan, when, when we were picking this?
0: Really, I was I was thinking about how fascinating it is that uh, Ron Jeremy apparently plays Prisoner Number One.
2: On mm. IMDb, mm-hmm.
0: and then uh, I I just noticed that the 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 guy who, who who catches on fire with the with the rum gun, Clarence Williams III plays the character Merlin. I don't know that they ever said his name in the movie, um, but he was uh, he was the, the the main bad guy in Half Baked. Hmm. Samson Simpson. I didn't realize that. Hmm. weird casting in this movie there's a lot of I mean I, I feel like this is just like you put out a call to Hollywood that like John Frankenheimer's making a movie and so many people are going to be like John Frankenheimer of course I'll, it doesn't matter don't even tell me what it is I'll be there
1: yeah it does feel like that also it feels like Weinstein connections or something where it's just like mm. they, know, they know somebody they can rope into this um, I mean, because they got him on another project
0: would his connections go would he have people from the 60s and 70s he wasn't making movies back then was he
1: Frankenheimer or Weinstein? Weinstein. Uh, I don't think Bob Weinstein was no. His his
0: heyday was more eighties.
1: Yeah, eighties, nineties. But yeah,
0: there's there's too many people in this movie that you recognize, but you're like, ooh, what are you doing here?
1: Yeah, I did see that the the dad and mom got credits um for the the Christmas scene at the end. Oh, did uh, they really? Where, where Uh oh, it was on. If you go to uh, the Google thing the cast show the cast thing instead of imdb um because it never puts those things in any particular order that's helpful yeah. uh it, it, it just had them on there and just like uh since they're called mom and dad i don't know if they actually do or say anything and then you watch the film and it's like yeah they had nothing to do with that um yeah. they they were at a table uh i don't know why they're credited at all
0: Donald Logue played a character named Pug, which I saw uh, was supposed to be Vin Diesel, but he had disagreements about the script. Huh. I can't imagine what they
1: were. Well, also, that's kind of rich, uh, considering the things that Vin Diesel has signed up for.
0: Well, he didn't want to play a character named Pug. <laughs> Pug, Merlin, Jumpy, Gabriel.
1: They no, really no, gave no. these Gabriel mm. was monster. Yeah, I know.
0: Yeah. These, these are the bad guys, though. Yeah, yeah. Jumpy that... was Trejo, mm-hmm. Merlin, and Pug.
1: There's no theme. Yeah, yeah. What, what's the theme? What ties them together? I don't understand it. Uh, oh, maybe,
0: maybe. Well, they're all truck drivers, right? So maybe they come from the Smoky and the Bandit universe, and this is their call sign on the CB
1: radio. Well, how dumb would it be to commit a heist with your call sign? Mm.
0: I mean, you can always just change your call sign, right? Like, yeah, you know, it's not like. It's not like a uh, uh, Top Gun where they like stencil it on the side of the vehicle.
1: No, but this is the kind of thing where you want them to have a theme to their their nicknames or for them to relate in some way to the person. Um, like, does Donald Logue have a pug? Does Donald Logue like pugs? Why pug? And then for Merlin, it's like, is he into Magic the Gathering cards? What are we What are we working with here? Uh, we need to, to come up with something that makes it make sense for the for the nickname. And you don't need to do it for everyone because we can just understand from seeing a demonstration of why it relates to the proclivities of a particular person um, and then just sort of imagine the rest. But it, with this, it's like, yeah, so they're all just name that. Because we need to name our bad guys something for a cool nickname. And it's like, well. Was it a cool nickname? I don't even say his nickname. Yeah.
0: Maybe they maybe they uh maybe Frankenheimer let him pick their own names.
1: Seems a little out of character.
0: Well, you know, maybe he's so, an old school Hollywood guy, you know. Come up with a backstory, pick a character name.
1: Yeah. <laughs> pick a character name out of this box. Um yeah, I, I don't I don't uh, I don't know what the WGA rules are on that.
0: Really makes you wonder what like a 70-year-old John Frankenheimer would be like on set. I guess Scorsese's up there, too. Like, Isn't he in his 70s now? It's got to be a pretty similar vibe.
1: I mean, I guess. I mean, let's hope Scorsese doesn't start putting out reindeer games.
0: Much like Clooney in this movie, I think Scorsese's got a little bit more class to do something like this. Mm -hmm. Sorry, John Frankenheimer, I know you're dead and we shouldn't talk bad about you, but this is not a good movie, especially one to go out on. I feel bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we should watch one of his better reviewed movies to like as an apology or something.
0: Oh, you want to watch Island of Dr. Moreau?
1: Oh, no. <laughs> I said one of his better reviewed remo- re- uh, reviewed movies. Uh, uh but you you did just remind me that I've seen that. Jesus Christ, that's so awful.
0: I don't know if I've seen the whole thing. I may have, but uh yikes.
1: Also, he I, I, he wasn't the director the entire time.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Sure. It's a big big mess.
0: D- Brando kind of did a lot of it himself, too, didn't he? Mm
1: no uh he he did a lot of things yeah necessarily the director no i mean everybody everybody (laughs) it's i guess it's fascinating that anything materialized into a film that was shown in theaters but uh the behind the scenes on that are wild
0: yeah the overall fascination is really just that a movie came out the other end instead of just like going into an insurance claim
1: yeah well because like the original director um what was it? He hit on set, uh, and, uh, tried to pretend to be an extra so he could sneak around on his own set, uh, while Frankenheimer was directing. Cause Frankenheimer was the one who was brought in to replace him. Like just wild, wacky stuff where it's just like, what sane person would do this? Oh, Richard
0: Stanley. He look. Hmm, he looks like, uh, that, uh, comedian actor, uh, I can't remember his name. I can't remember anything. We gotta stop doing this so late at night.
1: No, I know.
0: The you ever see Rocket Man the movie?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's the guy I'm thinking of. Wait. Harlan Har- Har- Harlan something? Harlan Harlan Williams, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Williams? Sure. Uh Harlan.
2: Yeah, Williams.
1: We should do Rocket Man.
0: I remember loving that movie when it came out. It's so bad. It's extremely bad. I remember remember some of the gags, like with the toothpaste and the preparation H, because the food looks the same Mm -hmm. as the the other things.
1: Uh, Remember when he farts in the (laughs) spacesuit and it's connected (laughs) to the.
0: You got the the big bulge going through the tube on their way to William Sadler. It's William Sadler, right?
1: Yeah, it's William Sadler. Jesus. (laughs) Poor William Sadler. Um, But yeah. What a world.
0: Rocket Man. What year was that? Oh, here it is, nineteen ninety-seven.
1: Ah, uh, so I was gonna guess. See, this was
0: early in his career, too. They they had high hopes, like Dumb and Dumber, ninety-four. They they had they had hopes for Harlan Williams of Harlan Williams and his and the type of movies he would be doing,
1: his fart movies. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's right. He was the hitchhiker and something about Mary. That's another movie I never liked that everybody loved. Uh
1: I don't know. I don't know what my thoughts and feelings are on it these days.
0: On something about Mary?
1: Yeah. I haven't Did you seen enjoy it? it at the time. Well, it was I didn't actually cuz hmm. I saw it in the theater when it came out. Um, and it was me and my sister and my mom and it was very awkward yeah. cuz there's some humor in that that you don't want to see with your mom. Right. sitting next to you especially
0: as a young boy
1: yeah i don't think that was a good movie going experience for me mm.
2: mm-hmm.
0: i could see that could yeah see
1: that. yeah mother's day tip don't see oh did some... you see it for no mother's day? <laughs> no but wouldn't that be funny um that would be yeah. that would be the
0: kind of thing that you would see in a movie like that yeah Marlon Williams, where are you now? Probably just doing voices and shit, huh?
1: Yeah, I mean, doing stand-up. Maybe he was at January sixth insurrection stuff. Who could say?
0: Oh, is he? Is he a bad person?
1: I don't know. I'm just assuming because uh, he's
0: Canadian. Don't put that on him. He's probably uh, very polite.
1: I know. you remember, uh, uh, Jim? What's his face? Uh, also in Half Baked.
0: Uh, Oh yeah, Jim is kind of off the deep end, isn't
1: it? Yeah, there's just something about it at a certain level of, I guess, stoner former actor, comedian level where you wind up in a bad bad spot. Yeah, yeah. Now that we're talking about the careers of people in half baked, I think we can stop talking uh, in general, Um, and we can conclude. This episode, this very festive episode. Um rum Pum Pum.
0: Jinx. You owe me a hot cocoa and a pecan pie.
1: Mm.